I'll hold my hands up and say I will have sex with a lot of people because I'm a swinger. It's what I do. I meet a lot of people. I don't love them. I don't want to love them. I don't want to go home with John and Kerry, who I met, and fall in love with them. And they're not wanting to do that with me. Dating can be a total minefield. Trust me, I'm a love coach. But it doesn't have to be. I'm Lucy Cavendish and I'm the later data. I'm single in my 50s. I've got kids and I'm busy, but I really want to go out and meet people and find out all about dating. But it's moved on since I was in my 20s and I'm keen to know what else is out there and what are other ways of doing things. From Aura Studios, this is Later Data, a podcast for the curious, exploring everything across the dating spectrum from online to up close and very personal. On today's episode, I'm exploring something I'm sure a lot of us have heard about, swinging. So when I think about swinging, I actually just think about bored middle-class people who drink too many cocktails and sort of end up with each other's wives and husbands and the next morning wake up and no one really talks about it. So I always think of it as being slightly sort of sordid, which sounds a bit rude. So I'm really interested in this whole idea of it being actually ethical and that somehow being brought up in a, in a, in a world where being monogamous is the idea that we could actually be ethically non-monogamous and swinging could be something that's a little bit more sophisticated or something that may be actually helpful in a relationship. And I'm also really interested in how do you become a swinger if you're a single person like me? Who do I swing with? Uh, and what if I don't like the people that want to swing with me? And how do I find them? So that's what I'm interested in today. And I think I'm going to find out all the answers to those questions and many more. Today, I'm talking to Rosie Kay, a.k.a. this kind of girl who is a non-monogamy coach. Hi, Rosie. Hi, it's lovely to be here. Thank you for coming. So let's get the terminology right, first of all. So what is swinging and what is ethical non-monogamy? So first of all, um, it's really important to understand or realize that ethical non-monogamy is an umbrella term um, that swinging falls underneath, basically. Um, so ethical non-monogamy refers to a relationship in which um, both parties are accepting that sex or relationships uh, happen outside of the traditional, if you like, relationship. Um, sexual or romantic uh, connections are extended past the committed relationship of two people, essentially. Um, ethical non-monogamy, it can take on many different forms and it can be just one person acting outside of the relationship um, or it can be both parties. But the main factor is that uh, there is consent on both sides um, and swinging is a form of ethical non-monogamy um, and within a swinger relationship both parties can have sex or be intimate with others um, and swingers are usually emotionally exclusive within their established relationship they tend not to form deep bonds um, with other people um, so that's what it is Right. Okay. Let me. So I'm kind of overwhelmed, actually. Right. 
So my experience of swinging is like years and years ago when I was dating and I met a guy and I really liked him and we went to a party and I realized quite quickly this was a swinging party mm -hmm. because everyone was getting on with everybody else. He hadn't run that past me. So I guess you could say that was non-ethical. Mm -hmm. And so I, I left. So I, I think of it as being that way. But I think what you're saying is that ethical non-monogamy is when two people in a relationship have said, yes, it's okay for us not to be sexually exclusive. Yeah, all all romantically exclusive, um, but essentially, um, yeah, sexually exclusive. There's a mutual understanding and a meeting of minds. Okay, it's a mutual understanding that it's okay for us to go and do what we want to do with other people. And we've agreed it. That's the ethical bit, isn't it? That it's talked about and agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the swinging bit comes under that umbrella, does it? Yeah, the swinging is, so all forms of open relationship are ethically non-monogamous, but swinging is one way to have that type of relationship. Okay, so what is the difference between non-monogamy being ethical or not? Because if it's not ethical, then you're probably acting um, deceitfully you're probably sneaking around you're having affairs or you're thinking about it or you're you're doing things without the consent of the other person um, for me I believe that cheating or deceit it doesn't have to be physical um, because if you don't verbalize and you don't communicate what's happening what's going on then you are acting deceitfully so the opposite to ethical non-monogamy is anything where both parties are not aware of the situation yeah, so it's basically affairs. But you're saying, and I agree with you, actually, as a love coach, that people come to me um, also as a couples counsellor because let's say one of the um, partners is involved with another person and it doesn't just have to be physically. Sometimes it can be romantically and that can be just mm -hmm. as threatening and disturbing. Mm -hmm. So the non-ethical thing is about lack of communication, deceit, affairs, essentially lying. And it doesn't have to just be about sex. No, not at all. Not at all. So what kinds of people look into ethical non-monogamy? So what I've noticed over the last... I've been a swinger for 10 years. What I've noticed is that there are has been a huge rise in the amount of younger people getting involved younger couples and also younger single people mm -hmm. one stereotype i mean you you admitted it earlier yourself um you know you went to a party and there were like lots of couples <laughs> one stereotype that we all go yeah our minds all go everyone's minds go there my mind went there years ago mm. is that it's for older middle class married couples who don't love each other that is what people think yeah swinging got a bit, is for. well i think they just got a bit bored haven't they yeah your mind goes there. People think it's, you know, car keys in a bowl and swapping wives and like... Yes, absolutely. It's, it's yeah. not. I've yeah, never been to... Yeah, next door neighbours in each other's yeah, beds. Yeah, like, you know, pampas grass in the uh, pampas grass in the front garden, upside down pineapple. Um, yeah. But it's, it, you know, it's really not like that. <laughs> and I've never been to a swingers party where I've been told to chuck my keys into a, you know, into a bowl and pair off with whoever. It doesn't, doesn't really work like that. Yeah, no, because there has to be a choice, doesn't there? What if you pair off with Uncle yeah. Dan? Anyway, sorry. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we'll get on to that in a minute. Yeah. So all different types of people get involved in the lifestyle now. But over the last few years, I had definitely have seen an increase in the amount of um, single people, younger people and women getting involved as well. So it's on the rise. 
Okay, so what brought you into it? I mean, you don't have to, if you feel, that feels a bit too personal, but I'm really interested. No, you no, know, it's you're, fine, you, it's you, fine. You look pretty young. What, what brought you into that? <laughs> so I, when I was younger, I realised that I am bisexual. That's how I identify. And mm-hmm. I wanted to explore that side to me. Um, but I didn't want to jeopardise the relationship I had. I was in a relationship with a guy very happy with him but I knew I had this side to me and as I said I didn't want to jeopardize what I had so you know we he'd he'd kind of hinted Mm -hmm. at a few things but it wasn't as straightforward as simply opening up our relationship and having a threesome I thought it would be it really wasn't because although I identified as bisexual and although I wanted this I was absolutely Mm -hmm. terrified Mm -hmm. of opening up my relationship even though it's something I wanted even though it's something I wanted to explore and enjoy I was incredibly apprehensive I was I was all the things men don't want in a woman I was clingy I was insecure I was jealous I was so different how I am now okay right I thought if I opened up my relationship it would ruin it Mm. um but yeah that is how I got into it so yeah through it was through bisexuality for me but I think you've really hit on something there is that we talk about these things as if they are easy, you know, oh yeah, we can, you know, we can talk about it. We can say, yes, let's be non-ethically monogamous as if that's sort of a simple thing for people. But of course it isn't. And you've just said that for you, actually, although it was what you wanted, it was really difficult. Yeah. You thought you're going to lose your, your relationship that you valued. Yeah. 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 I can understand that. So people come into this in a much more serious way than, you know, we do laugh about it. We do think khakis and bored middle class people that just, you know, whatever. But actually, you know, it's actually a lot more serious than that, maybe. And pe- people think about it in, in a deeper way than we might might think on the surface. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So what kind of benefits do you feel it can bring to an existing relationship? So, OK, first of all, I don't believe that one person is can satisfy us sexually for the rest of our lives I don't agree with that that went out the window years mm-hmm. ago right. so I believe that through non-monogamy swinging open relationships whatever you want to call it you can explore those different sides to your sexuality to your character in a safe ethical way because you have all the emotional attachment you want in your one person you have the love the bonds the connection the family perhaps with them but there's still that side. I believe we all have that side to us in some degree or another, however that looks. And mm. if your partner isn't into something or isn't, you know, everyone's different. We're all individuals. Mm. Mm. If they're not into something, that doesn't mean you should miss out. What it means is you should work together to find a way that your needs are met, their needs are met. And through the lifestyle, I've realized that you can go off and enjoy other things with other people or other scenarios, whatever it is you want, without jeopardizing what you have. So for me, being in the lifestyle gives me a fulfillment of those needs and of my partner as well. Because, I mean, you're a woman, I'm a woman, I don't want to give sex every night, like, or, you know, do no, whatever. No, every no, night. absolutely no. not. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's why, that's why I think, you know, if we were really honest about it, we'd be quite happy to say, well, why don't you just go have sex with someone else and I can have a cup of tea and, you know, watch Peaky Blinders and I'd be really happy. <laughs> <laughs> when I've been in long-term relationships, it's kind of like, um, 
I've I've been in in relationships with bisexual men. There is no way. I'm a woman. I cannot compete with a man, and I wouldn't want to. And I cannot give my partner that. And if he wants to go and enjoy that, go enjoy. Leave me. I'm going to have a bath and read a book and you know chill out. I don't. Yes. So there is that side to it as well. But what I think you're saying is about the quality of the relationship because. We say, actually, yeah, no, I'll be fine with that. But a lot of people struggle with the idea that the person that they love and value is being intimate with another person. It's just a very difficult Mm. thing for a lot of people, which is why couples often, you know, fall apart when one of them has an affair. A part of it is is the lack of trust and the lying. But another part that people find really difficult is how can you have been physically intimate with another person because they feel really threatened um, and I think you were saying that, you, mm. you know, before, actually, you felt quite needy and quite clingy, but but actually it opened you up to not feeling that way. So that feels the reverse of what I think a lot of people would feel, which is highly threatened yeah. by the fact that they're part, you know, even if people agree to it, because quite often one person says, I want to open up the relationship and the other person get panics and thinks that if I say no, we're done and I don't want to be done. So I'll just say yeah. yes. Yeah, and that's obviously not that ethical because it feels a bit like coercion. Mm, absolutely. So, how do you create boundaries? So, the f- most important thing is to recognise that yes, sometimes there is one person who's more invested in the idea, and that is usually the person who's gone, who's kind of led with it and gone to the person. Yeah. But it's important to remember that if you're on the receiving end of that conversation, you. I know it's really, it's easy for me to say now, I've been through the process, I know what it's like. It's really important that you don't instantly become, we all do it, but we instantly become fearful and upset and clingy and angry and jealous. And the first thing we want to do is grab onto that person and go, you can't do that. How Mm. could you even do that? You don't love me. You don't want me. And that's where our mind goes. And that's our instant response. That's not our fault. That's just how we are Mm. as people. We want to cherish and and maintain that thing and and hold on to it and make sure they don't go anywhere so the first thing you need to do is take a step back and say okay well he's come to me with this so therefore he's not thinking about sneaking around and cheating because he's actually come to me and opened a dialogue about it so the first thing is recognize that that is a really positive and important step because your partner obviously feels comfortable enough to have that conversation with you Mm. which you should take and you should run with yes you may not be on the same page yes it may all be incredibly frightening for you but Mm. you should seek comfort in that fact that they have actually come to you and had that conversation with you and if you are the person who, you know, you go to your partner and you say, look, I want to open up relationship, it's really important to like slow the process down mm, and say, okay, mm. look, I've been thinking about ethical non-monogamy. I've been, I'm curious about it. Shall we learn together? Shall we read together? I've seen a blog article. I've seen a YouTube video. I heard something the other day. How do you feel about it? Um, because very often people, you know, they dive in with, oh, I see this, you know, I saw this on porn, I saw this, and my mate at work, and we had a threesome, and I want this, and this girl, and girl, and that, on the to be on the receiving end of that is terrifying. Yes. So 
you you know that's not the approach to take the only for me the best way to do it is to start a dialogue about love and intimacy and romance and sex and then it all will all naturally lead on because if you can't even talk about intimacy and want and desire and sex how on earth are you going to be able to have um a conversation about you know a threesome or going to a sex party or going to a club yeah, no. Well, I mean, this is the thing is a lot of people find intimacy unbelievably difficult because there's a sort of historical attachment thing, yeah. you know, and there's a lot of childhood wounding, I think, in that thing where we really want our partner to love us and only us. You know, as babies, if our mothers went and loved another baby, mm. we'd, we'd be dead, essentially. So we've got this huge attachment around, I need this person to <laughs> love me. And and what if, so, you know, mm. what if they go to a swingers party? So let's say I agree, because we've talked about it. And they, what if they go to a swingers party and they meet someone else and they fall in love with that person and then they leave me? Is that part of the fears that people have when they talk to you about it? It goes through everyone's mind at some point. But what you have to understand is if you're in the swinger lifestyle, especially, you're not looking to swap partners. You're not looking to date other people. You're not looking to run off with somebody else because swinger couples are rock solid in their relationships. They have the emotional attachment they need. They have that fulfillment. They don't go looking for Mr. Right or Mrs. Right because they already have them because they're there at the party with them. And also another thing which is really important to remember is that very often swingers can separate love and sex they know sex is sex love is love and you can have sex with somebody without forming romantic attachment without loving them it is easier for men than it is for women mm. granted yeah but this is something which i've learned to do it's something which i teach people to do and it's a really important thing to recognize i i i'll hold my hands up and say i will have sex with a lot of people because I'm a swinger. It's what I do. I meet a lot of people. I don't love them. I don't want to love them. I don't want to go home with John and Kerry, who I met, and fall in love with them. And they're not wanting to do that with me. Um, okay. But it is a fear that goes through everyone's mind, and I do understand where it comes from. So actually, it's really boundaried. Um, so what do you get out of it? What What does it do for you? So as I said at the beginning because I'm bisexual I will always have that uh, need in my life I like being monogamous with a man uh, monogamous in the sense emotionally exclusive I would say emotionally monogamous yeah 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 you know I, I like I like having a boyfriend or you know um but I always have that side to me and whether he's on whether he is part of that or not physically I'll still go and do it um, because I can't turn it off and I won't turn it off more importantly it's a red line it for you isn't it it's that's your me. that's your it, line in the sand yeah it yeah it's who you are it makes you feel good yeah yeah he can be part of it if he wants or not or um, you know, some men have obviously been been part of that I would say physically some men have just given their consent but I can't turn it off I tried to turn it off when I was in a relationship a while ago but this is kind of before I, I started my blog, before I started, you know, writing about it. And I tried to turn it off and it made me incredibly unhappy. Um, so I learned, like, that is, that is, that's that's why I get involved in it. And, and also because I really like sex and I really like meeting people. And I just, 
it just suits my my lifestyle. So it's a win-win. You meet people <laughs> yeah. and if you want to have sex with them. And I imagine when you meet someone, you're upfront about it. I mean, if you're dating, let's say you're dating and you know you're into swinging, would you suggest that people let the other person know pretty early on, actually there's this side to me that you need to know about before we go any further with our dating life? Yeah, I mean, I've I've had mixed reactions, as I'm sure you can imagine. Mm. But I do, I do say like quite upfront. I, I mean, I don't tell people kind of in detail and explicitly, uh, and also I don't say to shock mm. either, and I don't say things to kind of draw men in with, do you want a threesome? Do you want this and that? Because that's not right either. That's deeply personal to yeah. me. Yeah, because it could be a, it could be kind of quite an exciting idea. Yeah, and that to be honest, like no, that's not that's not what I'm about. Um, so I'll say um, yes, I you know I am looking to date. I want to date. However, I do identify as bisexual, and that's something which is important to me. It's integral to who I am, and I do sometimes date women as well, or I do sometimes enjoy meeting women as well, um, and they know from the offset. Um, but that that usually then opens up another conversation, which is, oh, how did you find out about that, or what does that look like for you? And I'll say, you know, because I'm I'm ethically non-monogamous, and then sometimes that's it, and we don't see each other again. But at least I've been for, you know, I've I've told them, yeah, um, because I, I'm, you know, yes, I'm not going to waste been, my time. You've been open about it. Yeah, I'm 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 not going to compromise but I'm certainly not going to tell them mm. three or four months down the line because that's not fair either. They think they're getting yes. something they're yes. not. <laughs> yeah. And I can understand why somebody would be very frustrated. Do you find people are judgmental about yeah. it? I mean, what? A, and, and is that a generational thing? Are older people a bit more like, ooh, that's a bit, you know, naughty? Um, to be honest, some people I've dated or some people I've gone on dates with have been quite judgmental and they've been people of my own age mm. um and then sometimes i'm met with they'll go okay well you can do it with a woman but you're i'm not i you know i'd never let my woman go with another man or i'd never let you go with you know i'd never let you meet okay another man. and i'm like i'm okay. like okay ego damaged stuff yeah i'm like well in that case i'm probably not the woman for you thank you for dinner yes yes <laughs> goodbye sir. yes um <laughs> because Yes, I find that that is that is where their mind goes, and I, he may not have meant that initially, mm. but that's it for me. Like, no, that's it. I'm sorry, you've brought that to the table, and I've no more no more time to be wasted mm. on you. you. You've sealed your own fate, my friend. Okay, so you just you just <laughs> just shut it down. Yeah, 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 because we all know what that's about. <laughs> yeah, there's um, a whole fantasy going on, so that you yeah. can do that bit, but you're not doing that bit. Yeah, so yeah, you just say thank you and good night, sir. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also, you know, I've been, I've told people, and then I've had it kind of thrown back in my face, and you're this, you're that, you're an animal, you're, you know. Mm. Your X, Y, and Z. Um, but some pretty, some pretty out there stuff. You're an animal. Yeah, I mean, I was like, have you been spying on me? Um, but yeah, it's fine. It's cool. So let's say I, me, or somebody else wants to explore the swinging lifestyle. How 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 would I start? Well, I mean, I know there are parties. I know there are websites. I know I'd be terrified. 
genuinely terrified. And then all sorts of things pop into my head, like what if I go to a swings party and I don't fancy anybody? Do I have to do something? What if I want to turn around and run away? What if I fancy everybody? I don't know. It all feels a bit like, ah. So <laughs> what would you tell me to, to help me negotiate the beginnings of thinking about it or doing something about it? So my advice, what I teach people, when I tell people is... Yes, there are swinger dating websites out there and you can join as a single woman or a single guy or as a couple. And for me, I would say sign up, have a look online and just immerse yourself in the lifestyle. See what other people are out there. Join chat groups, join forums, have a look at... You don't have to go to all the parties and events, but have a look to see what's kind of happening in mm. your area, who's going, get a feel for it, what other people like, what do they talk about and educate yourself. You don't have to... Mm join a dating site with the intention of hooking up with everybody who sends you a message but you can just immerse this is how i started mm. as well um you know yes yes chat to a few people online and just got familiar with it um and then you may feel like you either want to meet a couple for a you know for a vanilla date or you may decide you want to go to a club well, what's hang on hang uh, on what's a vanilla date what what's a vanilla date so a vanilla date is it's just a regular date in a like in a coffee shop or in a bar or somewhere where you just meet and you just see what the dynamics like. Do you like a couple? Do they like? I mean, this could be like two couples who go. Okay. Just a regular date in a regular setting, away from anything. Okay, so so you can go on a date. Yeah, yeah, just a date. Um, have a coffee, have a chat, see if you get on. Because before you've even, you don't want to be taking your clothes off and getting down with somebody if you have no chemistry and you don't even get on with them and you're not even you haven't even discussed any mm. boundaries because you have to make sure what are they going to enjoy what are you going to enjoy what are you going to get out of it what are they going to get out of it so these are all things that you need to to discuss and it's best to do that away from any kind of sexual environment okay yes because then you've got probably got a much clear a better clearer head to do that First step is get informed. Get, go on the website. Go, I, can, I understand that. So rather than going into it thinking, what on earth am I doing? You've got some information. You've talked to some people. You feel a bit more relaxed, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the bound? You're referring to boundaries. What are the boundaries you're referring to? And you say you need to set up some boundaries. What sort of boundaries are we talking about? So everybody, regardless of whether you are in a relationship or not, um, you'll have your own personal rules and your boundaries that you follow. So even though you may be part of a couple, there will be things which are unique and individual to you as to what you are and what you aren't okay with. These could be uh, sex acts that you're willing to Mm. do or not. These could be uh, how you like to have safe sex and what you like your partners to, you know, to do. Um, It could be emotional boundaries. So it could be not, um, you know, not only chatting to other swingers online if you're both present in the room or you're both doing it together or always meeting Mm, for vanilla mm -hmm. dates first or levels of contact whether you're happy to have other people texting you or not Um, these are all things which you need to establish Um, right so even if you're part of a couple you will have your own limits and boundaries that you will draw up individually and then you'll put them together and discuss them as a couple so when I talk about boundaries, this is this is what I'm referring to. So this is a f- far away from sort of going to a party, drinking too many co- snowballs or whatever and putting your keys in a pot. This yeah. is much more sort of thoughtful and carefully 
sort of, and is this how you coach people when people come to you to, to do they come to you and say can you give me some help I, I'm interested but I don't know what to yeah, do yeah so very often um if I'm coaching a couple they'll come to me and say usually it's one of them who's had more thoughts one of them who's a little bit more invested in the other one perhaps they've spoken about it but there's always somebody who's eating it and then okay well she's on board he's on board and that's all that's as far as they've got and they come to me and they say how can we get started how can we get involved and I say okay the first thing we're going to mm. do is we're going to talk about having open and honest communication before you even get to a club before you get online before you start taking your clothes off we're going to go with the fundamentals and that is me teaching them how to have open and honest conversation setting rules setting boundaries understanding the lifestyle um, and getting a deep insight into what it takes to be a successful swinger couple okay what do you think it does take so for me um, I believe there's three key ingredients to a successful swing couple which is um, honesty, communication, and consent. Mm. And if you have all these three from the very beginning um, and you implement those things throughout the duration of your relationship and you almost apply them to whatever it is you do, then you will be a success, not just a successful swing couple, but a successful couple for me. Um, but th these are the key ingredients. This is what you need. You need to come from a place of love and vulnerability and open, honest communication. And you need to give consent. Mm. Um, and once you have these in place, um, then I believe you will flourish in the swinger lifestyle. And have you, you've been single and as a couple. Do you find which one of those do you find easier or better? Or, you know, I imagine there's some differentiation between being a single swinger and a swinging couple. So... I I do enjoy being part of a couple and being part of a swinger couple. I do. And to be honest, the biggest um, the biggest difference for me was before when I was with my long-term partner, I always had that sense of security with him because if we went on a vanilla date or we went to a club, mm. I always had him to kind of fall back on and to, you know, discuss things with and are you okay with this and what do you think about this couple and do you think that is an issue and, you know, we, we, somebody to talk to and, and discuss it with. Um, and also in some respects kind of protect me a little bit as well, which was always, always great. But then as a single woman, I didn't have that. I couldn't talk to my regular friends about it because they didn't know. I had other swinger friends, but I didn't have anybody who I could really open up to. So I had to make those decisions and um, navigate it alone. So I had to be extra cautious. I had to be extra yeah. switched on, very vigilant and really not, I would almost say scrutinize people that I met Um and that's how I became, I grew a lot in confidence when I started doing this because I realized that I don't have anyone to fall back on, but my desire to be myself and live the way I wanted to live was so inherent in me. I was like, no, I will make this happen and I will make this work for me and I will find out how to do it. Um, but it's it's a bold move and it's a brave move to go into it as a single woman. Mm. But for me, I've just like, I just, I just own it now. <laughs> <laughs> but before then you're saying that, that there was some shame because your friends didn't know and and were you feeling a sense of shame about it that you didn't want to tell people um i think 
maybe two or three of my closest friends knew but they didn't know the full extent and also I yeah I didn't I didn't want to tell people um and it took me quite a long time to kind of I mean coming out as a bisexual woman is one thing coming out as a mm. bisexual woman who does this is a whole other ball game um and again like people have been mostly supportive but I still get um I mean we all we all face judgment um yeah but that's that's just part and parcel of it really it sounds like you've been really brave really brave and you've really you know you've really stood up and said this is what I'm doing and this is who I am and this is non-negotiable um yeah I would say it is yeah it is a it is a brave move but it's so in my life like how I identify is non-negotiable I cannot and will not suppress me um mm. and it's just I'm very much the type of person who I do what I want in life not what is expected of me and mm. people that does sometimes offend people and it does sometimes rub people up the wrong way but I'm very much life is for living you get one chance you know you only get one shot so why not just go for it and do it and yeah I don't conform and I don't do what my my close friends and, and my family do but that's just who I am that's your and decision. now I'm able to yeah mm. I'm able to now teach other people how to do it which is yeah. like one of the best things ever I love it yeah and I should think you're really good at it because you're, you're very clear right you've thought, obviously <laughs> thought very hard about it so are you finding that more and more people are coming to talk to you is it is it a lifestyle that people are really beginning to embrace so it's not becoming so sort of I don't know, you know, under the carpet or something, people kind of snigger about in a corner. What What do you feel? <laughs> oh, no, they still snigger about it a bit. <laughs> um, but I found over recent years there has been a rise, especially in the, um, in, in the media also. There's been like a few series which, which kind of cover different types of relationships I've, I've seen. And some people have written to me and gone, oh, you know, we saw this series and now we're exploring and then we found your Instagram, mm. now we found your website. So I think it is leading on. But I just think people are, I think post lockdown, I saw a bit of a swinger explosion because mm. people were suddenly, there's only one life there's only one chance why don't we go out and enjoy it and also people have been cooped up for so long um yes, with, with time with, on their uh, hands to explore to have yeah to have these conversations and to start you know talking to their partners instead of just you know always being at work constantly and then just coming home eating and sleeping and going back to work which is how so many of us live people mm, are suddenly mm. working from home actually living with each other and yes I think it's been a, a combination of these things. Um, but I also, I just think that there's also people are a lot more accepting of different um, sexualities now and ways to identify. And it all, I, think, I think it all forms um, part of the bigger picture. So you said that, that you find more that there's a rise in women being interested in it. And that I'm really interested in. Is it women kind of 
breaking these bonds and saying, hang on a minute, you know, I don't have to just have sex with one person within Taurus of my life and sort of carry babies and do whatever. I actually have a sexuality mm -hmm. that I want to really explore. And it feels like this is quite revolutionary for women, maybe to be that open about wanting to explore different stuff. What do, what do you feel about that? I am in complete agreement with you. Um, over the last, I mean, when I first started as a couple, there weren't many single women at all I met. And then when I became single, again, there weren't many other single women and parties. I'd go and there'd be like two or three. Now, when I go to clubs and events, you're getting like 12, 15, 20 single women, which is a lot. Um, so it's definitely on the rise. And I think women are realising that, one, it's okay to be, to identify as bisexual, but do it in a way which they're not doing it to be, um, to please men. They're not doing it to be mm. sexual for men. They're doing it because they identify that way inside. Mm. They're doing it for them. They're not doing it because their boyfriend would like to see them get off with another woman. They're doing they're it because they, it's who they're they interested. are. It. Yeah. Because they want yeah they they want to um and there is um there is a rise in women only events as well and also clubs put on nights for bisexual women so yeah there's definitely a market for it and there's definitely a rise in it um and i just think women are feeling a lot more um liberated and able to express who they are i don't think women <laughs> need <laughs> yes we all want and need a I know we don't need a relationship. I don't agree with that. We all want to have a relationship. We all would like to have a partner. But they're not the only means of getting sex. Mm. Um, you don't need to be in a long-term relationship to have great sex. Mm. Too. Not at Absolutely. all. And I think people are realising this now. Um, you know, you don't need to be with your your significant other and rely on them for sex. Like, I, I think this is something that men find quite threatening. I don't rely on him to have great sex yes i want to have great sex with a guy i want to have that amazing intimacy mm. but there's other things i enjoy and if he's not into it or doesn't want to do it or whatever then that's fine you want to take that because somewhere else yeah i still want to you know I, yeah and it doesn't mean i don't love him or i don't want him mm. it just means that i'm still gonna want to enjoy it um and I think this is what women are realising as well. So it's sort of breaking that taboo of we get together, we meet someone and then we sleep with them and only have sex with them for the entire rest of our lives. It's sort of saying, well, it doesn't really have to be that way. But let's say there's someone of my age, so I'm 55. Let's say someone of my age thinks, well, you know, I'm going to give it a go. And, you know, I'm menopausal and I'm a bit bumpy and a bit lumpy and I'm not, you know, 25 with a bodacious body anymore. Not that I probably ever did. Um, how does how does that work? Are there people of my age there? Or is it a is it a young thing? Would I walk into a party and think, what you know, I just feel like an ancient old biddy? So there are parties that okay. So there are parties that are aimed more at younger people, that are kind right. of thirty nine, forty and under. But then there's also a kind of a mixed age um, mixed age swinger parties where everybody can go and you'll get people in their you know late 60s early 70s couples and single people and then you'll get mm. people who are in their early 20s and you'll get a good mix of people so for me like if you're older stay away from the young, younger parties because they are they're incredibly energetic I would say um, 
There's a lot of flesh yes, on show. I might think. A lot of flesh. <laughs> <laughs> I might want to go have a cup of tea and read a newspaper in the corner and go, oh, goodness me. Yeah. Look at those young people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But the majority of clubs, events, parties are for people of mixed ages, all ages. They're not all for younger people. They're very specialised and there's a few places which you can go and do that. The vast majority of people are early 30s onwards. Because if you are younger, you're probably still... You're either going to the dedicated younger parties or you're out there having threesomes and hooking up and doing doing whatever it is you do. Yes. You're not probably in the stage where... Yeah, you're you're doing it anyway and you're out partying, which is fine. Um, Whereas if you're a little bit older, you're probably going to enjoy a club a little bit more. Yeah, great. Okay, thank you very much. It's really fascinating. I'm absolutely... (laughs) Well, it's a really interesting thing and I think it's a really wonderful thing to talk about. It's very, you know, it's sort of mind-expanding thinking about... um, swinging and non-ethical monogamy i think people find it really interesting so rosie let's say people want to find you where can they get hold of you so people can get in touch with me or have a look at my work by hitting my website which is this they can also find me on social media i am on instagram at this kind of girl 2022 i'm also on twitter at this kind of girl 2022 and also you can find out some of my video which is on tiktok at this kind of girl 2022 great so lots of ways of getting hold of rosie if anyone wants more information about all the stuff we've talked about today so thank you for coming on the show rosie i learned a lot and i really appreciate it <laughs> thank you for Thanks having so me much. thank you it's been lovely So it was really interesting talking to Rosie because I've realised that my idea of swinging is somewhat outdated. Would I go and swing? Well, I think I've got an idea of where I might go. I could go to a party or I could go online and find out about it. I think I would feel quite exposed and I'm not sure how confident I would feel. And I think a lot of people would feel that way. I mean, number one, What if I didn't fancy anyone? Even worse, what if no one fancied me and I'm just sitting on the side in an embarrassed state feeling like the odd one out? So I'd want to do a lot more research, which is what Rosie has suggested, to really think about it. I do, however, get and understand the idea that we may not be able to get everything we want from one person and that actually being honest and open about that with with our partner or even with ourselves, is a a big leap forwards, actually, and that it doesn't necessarily have to be threatening. And maybe it's a chance to really do a deep dive into our sexuality and what do we feel about our bodies and ourselves and what we want and what we like. And I think for women, I can only speak for women, really, that is a big issue and I think it could be incredibly helpful and possibly quite scary but I think I'm really interested on going on that journey and I'm going to have a a think about that I'm going to have a feel about that so it's been really thoughtful and thought-provoking for me Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of Later Data. Please subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcasts to hear the next instalment of where my Later Data adventures take me. 
And if you've enjoyed this, please rate or leave a lovely review. And if you want to find me online, it's easy and not that easy, but I'm at lucylovecoach.co.uk. And while you're there, please follow Aura Studios on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. See you next time. Later, daters. Later Data is an Aura Studios production hosted by me, Lucy Cavendish. Produced by Amy Bennett with assistant producer Faye Lawrence, editor Troy Holmes and fabulous executive producer, the glamorous Ben Freeman. <laughs>